0: Centric podcast
1: with Rafi and Clee. hola you amazing artist! It's Rafi and Clee. And today, what are we talking about today, Clee? We're
0: going to be talking about branding changes and publishing, um, based on some great questions that we got from our Rogue community.
1: Yes, and by the way, you guys, anybody that's out there listening to this, we have our amazing Rogue community here. So if you re- you hear us reading chat that is who we are talking to and we always love having them here because they add to the conversation
0: yes with their insights and their questions it's great
1: it's really great
0: okay so let's get started with our first branding question branding changes question which um comes from kirkman uh any suggestions on switching over to a new name for instance, you have a lot of followers on social media under one name, but change names. How do you go about announcing and promoting the new name without losing or missing new followers? And just for context, um, we're mainly talking about Instagram here. Yeah.
1: Instagram, social media. Social media. That kind
0: of thing. And um, when you have like a lot of people that find you via word of mouth or they're searching that name specifically, um, the fear is that they won't be able to find you yeah. if you... Yeah. Go and change your name. If you go and change your name,
1: that that you know because a lot of times especially with social media if you change the name, it will change the the URL. Yeah. Um so that's that that can get a little bit challenging. My thing is like if you do change the name, you know, everybody that's there is going to know what it, you know, who it is. And as far as like um
0: well, directing
1: me, people there, yeah. you know, to the new space. If it is online, if it is word of mouth, where it's a lot of word of mouth, that's who I would reach out to. And I would make that announcement first off on the social media account on Instagram and let the people that follow you know that, okay, I, I changed this because chances are a lot of the word of mouth is coming from them.
0: Definitely. Um, And you can also add that information to your bio page, like on Instagram, for example, um, you know, with the new name and it can say in the bio, this account was formerly
1: the artist formerly known as, you know, and then you (laughs) could put a symbol or <laughs> or no no <laughs>
0: um i do want to just uh get this in there i don't recommend changing your social media handles regularly and i and that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about a one time major change in this context but i do find it hard to follow accounts that change their names like frequently um but um for added context here um the name's been the same for five years, but the legal name of the business is now changing. So with that change comes changing the social media handles this one time so that everything matches up. Um, but yeah, even if it comes down to, you know, you want to send, uh, direct messages to the people who interact with your account most often and let them know, um, directly, Hey, this name is changing. Um, Yeah.
1: And I mean, if you have if you have an email list, um, one of the things that you might want to do, and it was something that I did for the website because, you know, our website used to be Rafi was here because that was the the website that I bought years ago when I when I was going to go travel the country. And so the studio became Rafi was your studios because we had all, you know, everything. The truck was marked up with it and everything. And that's why the YouTube name is Rafi was here. And all of my handles are Rafi was here. What ended up happening was realizing like, okay, I could change everything to Rafi and Klee. Um, but honestly, because I had established so many different platforms.
0: With Rafi was here.
1: With Rafi was here. I just left it as Rafi was here. And with the website, if you do type in, if I happen to leave anything out there that is old, that says Rafi was dot uh, com, it'll lead right back to our website. Like we have all the domain, all the old domain names go right back yeah. to our website.
0: Never underestimate the power of the redirect. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jin just said Carmen changed their YouTube Instagram etc all overnight to Queen Herbie posted Carmen is dead long live the Queen Mike yep. drop and it worked for her it for did. sure for them
1: it did i mean it's it's one of those things Kirkman that like i just i wouldn't be too worried about it they have a way of working out and really anything that any of the glitches are going to come out because of it they're going to come out over time you got to think about how long it took you to create Um, the following that you do have and how making a change like that, just by doing the announcements on social media, looking for old links that maybe say to go to this particular Instagram and changing those to the new Instagram page, um, things like that. And obviously in person, word of mouth, you know, you, you just new signage, let everybody know.
0: Yeah, no, it's tricky. Uh, Like with us, So Rafi Was Here and Cleangeli Jewelry both became subsidiaries of Rafi and Klee Studios, essentially. When you have a thousand business cards that say uh, com or RafiWasHere.com, yeah. you definitely want to make sure that those links redirect to whatever the new site is. But with social media, I think it wouldn't be a bad idea to pre-announce what you're going to do. Um, just say like um, in the next day or two or in the next week or so, this the this account's going to be changing to this name.
1: Yeah, Just I, to give. Everyone I don't know if I would make it that formal. I would actually have fun with it. Um, I would be like, "Guess what, guys? We're changing our name." Yeah. New legal name, ba blah blah, blah blah You know, you announce it and stuff like that. This is going to be happening. Here's the countdown. It's going to have six days from now, and then when six days happens, like like we change our name, big cell, you know, big celebration of it. Um,, mm-hmm. you know, because essentially, like you change your business name,
0: it is exciting and, and
1: that's exciting, that's exciting, so I you know and and the more excited you get people about something like that, the more you know it's they're they're gonna remember it yes. i I want to say
0: most definitely, especially if you have a snazzy logo attached to it.
1: Samson, the bonehead says that they just had a blackout. oh, I'm sorry, Samson, sorry,
0: Samson, uh, welcome Corey. And Shawan to the live pod studio. Hey, hi, you guys. Um, so hopefully that was some helpful insight.
1: Yeah. Let us know Kirkman, if that was helpful, or if you have any follow-up questions for that, uh, for that particular question.
0: Most definitely. One of our other rogues had weighed in and said, you know, um, they've changed their Instagram handle. Um without dropping any followers. Yeah. Uh, it was a smooth transition and also have followed several accounts that have changed their names and if they're confused about it then they just go to the bio page and double check that it's who they think it is and yeah. it usually all yeah, kind of works and, out. And
1: honestly, it does it really does. That's why like I wouldn't be too concerned about it. I would make the announcements and stuff, but like you know, at the end of the day you're going to it's it's going to surprise you how easily people will find you right? Uh, If they're looking for you, they're going to find you. They're going to find you.
0: Yes, most definitely. Um,
1: And if you make the announcement and you have things out there uh, that is saying like, you know, we changed our name, um, this studio, formerly known as this studio, and you keep that for a while. In fact, I think I still have in some areas, I, I think even on the website. It says, uh, uh, I believe Rafi and Clee Studios, formerly Rafi was Let's here Steve. Studios.
0: Um, people will go to great lengths to find you, especially when they're like diehard fans of your work. I've had people just in recent times um, that knew me from doing the markets in Florida that like dug up my business card and called my phone yep. to get in touch with me even though now I live quite far away from Florida. (laughs) So they will find you. Yeah.
1: When people are looking for you, they will find you. They will find you. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too worried about uh, dropping off because it just, they'll find you if they're looking for you. Um, they the, 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 not to sound airy fairy, but the universe kind of works in that way. uh, That, that, People will find you when they're looking for you.
0: Kirkman said, thank you. That's been great advice. And I'm more confident now to make that change. Awesome. That is awesome. Awesome. Welcome Jess to the live pod studio. And thank you for the gift. Yay! Thank you so much. Uh, Clover's here. Hey, I made it. Hi Hi, Clover. Clover. Tina said, build it and they will come.
1: Yes, build it and they will come. That sounds, build it and they will come, sounds way better than the uh, jumble of words that I just threw into the
0: microphone. They will find you. Okay, so on that same vein, actually, uh, our rogue Tina has a question about YouTube brand accounts. Okay. And exactly what it means to switch. And this is for those of you out there that have like a, a YouTube account that predates. YouTube brand accounts, um, which was certainly our case. And um, so,
1: by the way, you guys, if you are curious about Kirkman Studios um, and we'll we'll get you started here, Kirkman, Uh, Indigo Woodcrafts, anybody out there familiar with Indigo Woodcrafts and the beautiful stuff that you can get there uh, is officially going to Kirkman Studios.
0: Is so, is the new name Kirkman Studios? Kirkman we want to verify this, which
1: is really, really awesome. It, was, it says it right there. He's yep. answering Samson. Yep.
0: Oh yeah. He's, oh yeah. Yep. It does say it right there. Yeah.
1: For everybody out there listening, it says it right there for us. Yes. And Clee just wasn't reading it.
0: <laughs> so Indigo Woodcrafts is becoming Kirkman Studios, and if you haven't seen. Uh, the work you should check it out. Oh, you absolutely on the social media because it's absolutely amazing. Yes, all right.
1: We do, we do more than wood. Yes, yes, indeed. (laughs) Art,
0: okay, so Tina. That's well, why
1: That's why I do like the change. Indigo Woodcrafts officially going to Kirkman, Kirkman Studios. Studios. yeah. It
0: does give you more leeway to it, do the thing. And it
1: really is. It really is the reason that with us, uh, it's always been Rafi Was Here Studios or Rafi and Clee Studios mm-hmm. or even Klee Angeli or Rafi Perez. Because we own Rafi Perez art and Klee Angeli jewelry, mm-hmm. but we realized how. Um, how much of a cage that is, right, because you're basically announcing yourself as a one medium person, and I think the reason that a lot of us do that is because um that's what that's what some people recommend you know right. don't don't confuse your audience, blah 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 blah, but like really i think uh I think a lot of people forget that that people are way more dynamic than that. And I love the fact that we've named our studios the way that we have because it gives us the opportunity to just jump into whatever creative medium we want to. Hi, Jenny. Ginny's here.
0: Welcome, Ginny. Uh, Samson said, I am going with Wits End Studios. Samson,
1: I love Wits Studios. I love studios. Wits End
0: Studios. That's a great name. Esther said, "I'm just waiting for the inspiration to name my pottery studio, but it will still be as Esther Jones, Esther L Yeah, yeah. So you have many things that you do, but it's all under the umbrella of you. Um, so all your work is essentially like we do, a subsidiary of Esther L Jones. When we
1: when we start doing, yeah, because ours is a subsidiary of mm-hmm. subsidiary of Rafi and Clee Studios." Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we do the when when we bring in the kiln and when we start doing pottery, I do want to call that section Dirt Pit Studios. I
0: think Dirt Pit Studios would be an excellent yeah. name for yeah. the pottery branch. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Esther said exactly. It's all me.
1: It is all you.
0: Nanu said I should go with Murphy Law Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tina said I also thought of joining with my hubby's woodworking trying to think of a name still we came up with out of the woodwork studios but it doesn't really include the art
1: yeah yeah I would I like I said I would I would probably stay away like I loved Rafi was your studios or I love that name which is why I kept it because it's like It's very me. It's like I was here. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing I made.
0: Here's my stuff. Yeah,
1: here's here's my stuff.
0: You like my stuff? Yeah. Lee said, yeah, mine is Lee S. Jordan Studio.
1: Samson said, love dirt pit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth said, Pottery. (laughs) We see you, Sarah. Hello, welcome to the studio. Jenny said, I'm thinking of the painted goose. I like that name. The like Painted that Goose. That yeah. is a
1: great name. You know, I think it would be a fun thing to do a podcast one one day about coming up with a name for a studio and just how to up brainstorm, with, yeah, your how studio to brainstorm name. your studio name, because yeah. we've brainstormed a lot, including our tag name, and, you know, all, it's that, a, it's, all that stuff.
0: I know like a lot of artists reach out to us and it's a stressful thing. But for me, it's always been super fun to name a thing, yeah. to get to name a new thing, which like, is why.
1: When we do the gallery shows or the yeah. art shows and stuff like that, coming up with the title or a name, um, that, that is loose. You know, that gives you the Gives you the wiggle room. That gives you the wiggle room. Room yeah. to
0: stretch. I figured Bethy Bear Creations covered anything I wanted to get into, said Elizabeth. Yes, absolutely.
1: Sarah says, great. Are you sure I am not a pigment of my imagination? (laughs) I see what you did there, Sarah. Nice Nice. job. Okay, so what is the next question?
0: Okay, so...
1: We started, we are talking about...
0: uh, Rebranding?
1: Rebranding. Okay, so um, when it comes to a brand account, and it's not really rebranding, here's the thing to understand about YouTube and particularly with us, right? Because I think that... When I made the announcement, um, I remember getting a few comments on the video where I made the announcement of losing all the comments. They were like, I don't understand why, you you know, (laughs) I don't understand why, don't you know about branding? And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand what I'm talking about. Let's
0: definitely establish the difference here. Yes, it's
1: a brand account on YouTube. It, It doesn't, it's not about branding. It's just the title of the type of account that you have on YouTube. The fact of the matter is at this point, if you open an, uh, a YouTube account, if you open up a YouTube channel, it will automatically become a brand account. What that is, is it somehow fits within the um, server or whatever it was that allows it to have a lot of the upgrades and updates that have happened over the years on YouTube. And right?
0: Just a quick backstory here. So... Old school YouTube, right? Your YouTube channel that you automatically got based on your Gmail account was the same as whatever your Gmail account was. Right. And you couldn't and then, deviate then, from that. And
1: then after after you had a thousand subscribers, you could rename it. Like mm-hmm. you get, you know, the more subscribers you get on your channel, the more benefits, the mm-hmm. more boosts you get and things that you could do. So that's how we started, because we started, I started that channel back in like 2009, I think it was, or Mm -hmm. 2010. So there were no, they weren't called brand accounts. So recently, like, you know, we opened up the Adventure Channel. We did uh, the Adventure Channel and we have our music channel. And I started to notice that um, all the videos had automatic captions, you know. That, um, they, they had
0: chapters. They had yeah.
1: chapters. There were a lot of things that were like popping up on these new videos. Super on these thanks. Very little accounts. You know, we have, t- you know, we have a small subscriber base on our other channels. Some of them we haven't even, uh, with the music channel, we haven't even reached a thousand yet. So I'm like, wait a second. Why are these. These vid- new channels. These new videos and these new channels having all these cool benefits. Um that the, our, original the
0: original channel doesn't And the original
1: channel doesn't. Like I have to like go on there and physically caption all of my videos. So I did some research and I found that the reason was because that video wasn't a brand account. So what I'm guessing is that they made some changes to YouTube a while ago. And and the the, the easiest way for me to picture this, and I'm not sure if this is entirely correct, but this is how it works for me when it comes to like computer, computers and computing stuff. Chances are that they had to move information to a different server or they did some kind of update. And if you were old school uh, YouTube, you needed to make the change at that time. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that they probably made some little announcement. Most of the old school YouTubers probably changed their account to a brand account.
0: Probably.
1: And we did not. And so lo and behold, seven years go by. Yes. And we... I start realizing that we don't have a lot of these benefits. And so we ended up having to change that over. And when that happened, essentially you're moving your channel from, you're still keeping the same uh, address and everything, but you were moving your channel from one server to another, which I'm guessing is where, or server farm or whatever, where they're keeping the brand accounts. And because of that, I lost every comment that I ever made on the 400 videos that I had posted beforehand.
0: The fortunate thing was we didn't lose any content or our channel name or our custom URL or any of our community members. But yeah, we did lose every comment that Rafi had ever made in response to video comments on the channel. Yeah. But... Was it worth it for us? Yeah, it was worth it. I mean,
1: it was worth it because one of the one of the most reoccurring comments that I got on the channel was like, "Rafi, why don't you caption these videos? Why don't you turn on automatic captions?" I'm watching this at work, you know. Like people get upset because Mm -hmm. I didn't have captions on videos, and the reason was because there were no automatic captions because it wasn't a brand account. Now, if you have opened your YouTube, After 2012? After 2012, you're fine. It's automatically a brand account. Um, So it's not something really that you have to worry about unless you've had the channel since
0: If you're original Gootube or OG, says Ginger, Exactly. Yeah. Um, If you do have an old school YouTube account and you are noticing that you don't have some of the same features that some of the other channels have, that's likely the culprit. Um, yeah. and if you care about those things uh then you want to probably make that switch
1: yeah
0: tina said that's what's freaking her out is uh she doesn't want to lose the comments on the videos and also her son's channel is under her account okay as well
1: well the way that you know the okay, the way that you know this is if you go to your uh google uh, like the the Google account settings, right? And you'll have to look this up because I, I don't have a link to send you there, but type into type into search, how do I know if my YouTube channel is a brand account? And Google will give you the instructions on how to get to your account settings and check and make sure that it is a brand account. Um, chances are it is a brand account. And if you're if your son's channel is under your brand account, because your your Google isn't the business or brand account, right? The channel itself is what's listed as a brand account. Mm-hmm. So I, I guarantee you, Tina, that they are already brand accounts. Most there, likely. There really is no difference. And like I said, unless you guys have had those channels since 2012 or before 2012, then I I really, I don't think I'd be worried about it too much.
0: They are not branded. Okay. okay. Yeah. So essentially the branded account, and you just said it, it basically makes the channel independent from the email tether. Yeah. Essentially. There is a really good tutorial on YouTube about how to switch your channel over to a brand account and how to deal with some of the scarier aspects of that. Um, And unfortunately, I don't have the link committed to memory either. But for the rogue fam, if we can pull up that tutorial, we'll share. We will, and for
1: everybody else out there, just look for it on. You look, look. That's how we found the information: is we went on Google and we were like, "Well, what is you know?" Because I'm looking at it, I was like, "What is a brand?" You know, so like you search and you find, and there's maybe really there's like two videos out there. On this and both videos are really good. One of them is slightly better than the other, but yes, uh, you Tina, you will lose the comments. Like, yeah, you will keep your uh, account. Now here's the thing though, that I'm not sure about. You're saying that your son's YouTube channel is under your thing. When was that YouTube channel opened up? And if you could answer that while we continue talking here about,
0: yeah, then we can jump back to yeah,
1: it. we could jump back to it,
0: but hopefully some of that was helpful. I will say this if you're gonna if you have to do it and switch your o g YouTube channel to a brand account, watch a tutorial, yeah, because the process was intimidating, it was worth it, but it would have been a lot scarier without some of the knowledge that we gained from said tutorial going in. Um, so definitely do your research before you make that switch. Um, and yeah, then once we get that info from Tina, we can follow up on that.
1: Yep. All right.
0: Hi, Jen. Welcome. I'm the
1: real G, said <laughs> Tina.
0: <laughs> okay, so our, I think
1: Chantel is here. Hi, Chantel. Hi, Chantel.
0: Uh, our next question is from Amanda, uh, throwing a question out there. What do you think about Amazon and KDP, which is Kindle Direct Publishing? How exactly did you publish your books? Do you feel that publishing is another viable income stream for an artist? Thanks a bunch, your badass friend.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you. You are a badass friend. It's true. Uh, So, Amanda, yes, KDP. Actually, KDP is what I use to publish the books, mm-hmm. right? So KDP is, uh, connected to Amazon, right? So that's where, I, that's why my books are on Amazon books. Um, uh, Kate, what is it? KDX,
0: uh, AC,
1: ACX, uh, yeah. ACX is connected to Amazon as well, but that is the audible side. So ACX is what I use for the audiobook, So that way it comes out on audible. Um, I highly recommend in any way, shape or form, any kind of whether you want to write a fiction book, a nonfiction book, you want to do a, a children's a, book. a children's books, an illustrations book, books about art. I absolutely recommend that because that is a passive income. You want to make sure that the whatever it is that you produce is good. Right. So. Uh, if it, it, a story, something that you're proud of did the same way that when you're creating the the artwork, but it is definitely something that I would recommend doing now, KDP is one way of doing it and and as far as like getting books out there like in bookstores, what I recommend is do the KDP right so that you can have it on Amazon books. But don't do uh, when if you ever do this, you'll see that there's a thing there for global distribution. I don't recommend doing global distribution through uh, KDP through Amazon.
0: Yeah, I think they call it expanded distribution. Yeah, they call it
1: expanded distribution. What I do recommend is that then you sign up for Ingram Spark
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you distribute the same books. Now you're you're going to have to make sure that you have your own um, ISBN. And you're going to want to make sure that you copyright your books, right? So, like, and copywriting the books is like, what was it, like twenty dollars per book? It
0: was pretty, uh, pretty yeah, inexpensive. It's, and easy. and
1: it then your book is at the Library of Congress, which is awesome. And but then getting get, the ISBNs run a little bit more ridiculously expensive, um, but they're not they're not completely out of.
0: Yeah, so just a quick like, so if you own your own ISBN, um, it is more expensive than letting KDP assign you an ISBN. But what that means is that you can take your book anywhere and distribute your book. You're not um, tethered only to Amazon.
1: Right, right. So that means that your book will get in bookstores. And yeah, because the thing is, when you have your own ISBN, the book is yours. You own the rights. You are the publisher of the book. If you go through like, um, for example, if you go through Lulu press or a lot of these places that will charge you money, mm-hmm. what they'll do is they'll become your publisher, right? So our publisher for our books is Rafi and Clee studios, mm-hmm. right? So, which is awesome to me. Cause I'm like, that's great. We are, an, we are, we are an art studio, a jewelry studio. We are a book publisher, We are a music publisher as Mm -hmm. well, because that's how we distribute the music under Rafi and Klee Studios.
0: Samson and Lee are saying, get your ISBNs in bulk. Yes. It's cheaper. Yes, Yes. it is a lot cheaper. We bought 10 ISBNs. Uh, Uh,
1: What I would recommend is, you know, if you're thinking that it's something that you're going to keep doing and because we looked at it and I'm like, well, there's a lot more books that I want to write mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And the thing is that the ISBNs last forever. So their pricing is really ridiculous. You guys, it really is a scam, but it's worth getting at least 10. If you think that you're going to do 10, but if you think that you're going to do more then I would invest, you know, we're going to do, what is it? The hundred,
0: a hundred of them. Yeah. Because also keep in mind that every format of your book needs its own ISBN. So the, Paperback version needs an ISBN. If you have a hardcover version, it needs one. If you mm-hmm. have an audiobook, that will need its own ISBN. Yep. If you have a Kindle edition, that will get its own ISBN. So with one book release, you might use up four yeah. ISBNs yeah. on it. Yeah, Lee said, Yeah, I have a few ready to use for later. Yeah, it's always good to have ISBNs if you're going to be writing uh, books. Yeah. Now, KDP, um, it I, what I liked some of the things I liked about publishing through KDP was like as far as the actual physical copies of the books, um, the the guides that they send you or the guides that you could access as far as like your margins, yep, and your cover templates and stuff, um, they were pretty straightforward.
1: Yeah, because you know uh, with the books that we have, a hundred seventy eight page book, the cover template is going to be different than the marketing book which is 366 pages because now you're dealing with a thicker book Mm -hmm. so you need more of a spine so their their guides
0: are pretty good their
1: guides are pretty good in fact i've used their guides for uh designing the book cover for the local book publisher Mm -hmm. or not publisher the printer where we did the the pre-release books. Yeah, when from... we when
0: we did the pre-release, we went with an independent printing house. Yep. Um and Yeah, they... cuz
1: I wanted we wanted to get the copies and be able to sign them and stuff. And we went with a pretty good printing house, but I would really recommend I do recommend KDP only because you you work on this thing and you create something that becomes passive income you Mm -hmm. know like they're going to do the shipping they do the ordering and you get your cut um i think that that's a great way to just bring in a secondary
0: definitely and amazon's um really big on kindle right now and um (laughs)
1: Rachel's like, and you get an ISBN and you get an ISBN. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. Also
0: really quick. uh, Just thank you to Elizabeth for the gift. That's awesome of you. Um,
1: Thank you, Elizabeth.
0: uh, With Kindle too, because a lot of people are like subscribed to Kindle Unlimited eBooks and as the author of a Kindle book, you, I think you earn a certain amount. It's a small amount, but like you get paid by page count read. Yeah. So for Kindle Unlimited customers, they can, you know, start reading your book. And if they like it, read the whole thing. You get paid per page count. And they're doing this Kindle Vela thing for short stories. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a, it's, it's a cool. Format to tap into cool if you like format. writing.
1: Yeah, if you like writing, or you know, like I said before, if you do a picture book, if you do a children's book, mm-hmm. or you do anything. I mean, listen, a lot of people might think that it's easy to write a children's book. It is not easy uh, because you need to condense everything. It's like writing a full on novel on Twitter. You know, like it's you got to be very picky about your words and the images and everything needs to align perfectly, Mm -hmm. but it's definitely doable. And as far as doing like an art book or something like that, I think that that's awesome or a coloring book or, you know, some kind of fun thing, Um, like a marketing book. I didn't that. (laughs) <laughs> it's not the funnest thing in the world to write, but it was. It was. But pretty even great. still, yay yeah. books. Yeah,
0: uh, Lee said I'm getting fifty cents a month. Yes, that's how, starts, that's how it starts,
1: Lee. Celebrate it starts because that
0: is how it starts. I took our averages recently, and I I realized that we're ma- we're earning about three dollars and sixty cents a month on our music, but that's three dollars and sixty cents more than if we hadn't released our exactly. music. Exactly. Exactly. Only grow from there.
1: Everything grows.
0: Samson said, if you want to do comics or graphic novels, check out Kablam. Benny and Jenny Gregory are awesome to work with. Short runs, big ones, great color. They might be doing hardback now. Okay, cool. Cool, cool resource. Thanks, Samson. Hey, Cass.
1: She said, just checking in between clients. Love me some Ralphie and Clee. Well, we love us some Cass. We love us
0: some Cass, <laughs> too. So just ta- um, Just going back to uh, Tina. Um yep. She was realizing that the YouTube accounts were attached to two separate Gmails. Okay. And that's how that was uh oh, that's okay. how that happened. Okay. With gotcha. It. Um Elizabeth said, is your music on Amazon also? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Our music is on all the major streaming platforms um, under Better on the Drums. There's a little self-promotion there. Yeah, we're
1: we're so fancy. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we're on Spotify, iTunes, um, Amazon Music, Deezer, and a bunch of other ones that we don't know. It's Uh, true. So, yeah. Clover think,
0: said and for web comics online webtoons I Oh yeah heard webtoons is great.
1: yes webtoons is great I've heard it's great start a following yeah webtoons to start a following mm-hmm. to get going I mean really the, the thing about it is like when it comes down to whether you do books or you do art or or anything like that it's it's all about also putting it out there and promoting it um and to be honest with you, in some cases, not very different than getting out there and doing shows. Like, for example, uh, this in a couple of weeks, I'll be doing my first book fair. Yeah. And again, kind of like where I've talked about the price of your booths and stuff like that. You know, there are big book expos that that uh, I could pay a lot of money and I have to get a lot of inventory in order to do Or I do a book fair at our local library where they invite local artists to come out, and I'm paying only $20 to talk to people about
0: my book and possibly sell some
1: books and, you know.
0: Definitely, and network with other authors from the region.
1: Exactly, exactly. So it's a great way to just get your stuff out there. And another thing too, is, you know, to call some of the local, like the small bookshops and do some, you know, schedule some book signings or um, in my case uh, at our gallery show, we set up our books. So like if you're doing a festival or you're doing a, some kind of market or something like that, you could have your artwork and you could have your books for sale.
0: If you have a website with your art, you can have the books available on your website and just, you know, like link them to the Amazon store, but have them displayed on the website. And I was recently reading an article about whether you should separate your books from your other art. And most people say, no, have it under the umbrella of you. I mean, have that, it all under one thing. So
1: I say no, um, because our website has our name. So our yeah. website is Ralphie and Clee. So if, but also, it would have to be something that is your name or produced by your studio because you do want to give yourself the freedom. I think a lot of people will create a website. Like, for example, if I were to create a website and it was just the the rogue artist, you know, for yes. the books, that means that now I would be locked in to only creating rogue artist books right. when that's one series of many that I could do. Right. Um In the future i want to do uh you know like i do want to challenge myself to illustrate and write a children's book Mm -hmm. so those you if you are going to do a website or something like that then it should be your your author name um but if not just promoting your book on your website gives you one place to lead people back right so a good example of that is right now our books are on amazon they lead back to our website and our website leads there to buy the books. Our videos lead back to our website. The music leads back to our website. Mm -hmm. So everything that we do that we put out there on the internet leads back to this podcast leads back to the website, right? So we have just this one place that is our central hub. And that's why, you know, it's funny because people that are doing it, that are actually doing it that are that have books and do several different things they're the ones that are saying no don't do that you want to make it simple people that are trying to sell websites Those are the ones that are saying you should have a website for this. You should have 10 different websites. Yeah, exactly.
0: Definitely. Tina said, I was at a market and near my booth was a husband and wife, uh, artist and author of children's books. They were beautiful. I love that. I love that. Uh, Another thing I had read in the article was like, yeah, if you're going to put a book out there, yeah, and you have an artist website, definitely promote your book on your artist website because you automatically get credibility. Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because you have a book. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to put too much weight. I, I there, don't. I don't.
1: But... W- I don't want to. But I think it's hilarious because I. I am waiting for that moment. I am waiting for that moment. Where like somebody comes up to me, right? We're talking and like somebody that has read my book and they've met they've met us and stuff is there. And for somebody to come up to me, it's like, well, what do you know about marketing? You're an artist, and have that other person say, Well, he wrote the book. (laughs) (laughs) That's 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 my my dream for some reason. I don't know. It's a very egotistical dream, but it is it is one that I'm waiting. I'm waiting for that scenario to present itself. That would be a nice life moment. Yes, it would.
0: It's good to have goals. (laughs) It's good to have goals. Sarah says, I need help with the uh, KDP and ISBN stuff. I highly recommend to look. um, Look, there's actually a section on KDP that has all the guidelines you need for KDP publishing.
1: It really does. It's very helpful. And if if not, Sarah, seriously, look on YouTube. Everything Mm -hmm. that I know, the, the truth is, I am not a techie person. I am not somebody that understands. In fact, I looked at the first time I looked at the idea of publishing a book through KDP. um, I I, I got scared and I was like, oh, this is too, it's too complicated. But I watched, there are so many good videos on how do I get an ISBN, best practices for KDP. There's even a video under that gives you a step-by-step every single page on KDP on exactly what it is that you need to do and what different things mm-hmm. mean.
0: Yeah. Really great resources out there for that.
1: So YouTube university, that's, that's where I would go for that. <laughs>
0: it's where it's at for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, l- well, let's throw this out there too, for any of you considering doing an audio book version yep. of your uh, hard copy book to narrate your own book or to hire out this has been a hot topic of debate it really In is fact, a hot topic we of were debate. told yeah. we were told and by well-meaning uh fellow artists <laughs> that there is no way that you should be narrating your own book it's just not done yeah and rafi was like but my books sound like me <laughs> So my shouldn't sound my audio like book sound like me? I,
1: my writing style is very conversational. It would be weird for me to hear someone else trying to read the words of the way that I speak.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And I think it's totally up to your own personal choice there too. Like I could see possibly for a fiction book wanting to hire a narrator that could do characters and such if it's outside of your wheelhouse. But I think for most nonfiction, I always like hearing the writer of the book um, read the book. I do too. Yoshana said the worst part is formatting your book. I still have nightmares. Formatting. (laughs) I agree with you. I think that formatting is, is the trickiest part
1: (laughs) it really you know what and it really depends on the size of the book right so we had a a much trickier time with formatting with the marketing book because it's 366 pages right and by formatting like we had to move things away from the spine because you know when you read a book if it's a thicker book the words need to be further away from the spine or else um the fold in the book will cover the words Mm -hmm. uh but that's where that's where you got to you got to kind of crunch numbers. And really, at that point, what I did was I just kept formatting it. Uh, I changed the margins in PDF, upload it. And then if it didn't work, then I redid it again. Yeah, and I redid it again. And it's
0: tedious because you get the pages lined up just how you want them. And then you have to change your margin and then it changes all your paragraph breaks and you have to go through it every single time. Um, so it did get formatted like I don't know 10 times, yeah. or something. But, um, you know, when it's done, then you're like, ah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, Elizabeth. I love books narrated by the artist, right? Yeah, me too, me, me too. too. I really do. Um, could be our next collab formatting your book, book.
0: formatting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: change the margins <laughs> book
0: formatting and- i like
1: i like change the margins as our next collab
0: uh-huh oh that is a good collab. that is a good title.
1: one that is a really good one when you whenever you change your margins everything moves around and you have to like reset yourself
0: yeah yeah
1: holy crap that sarah be- that's that's brilliant it's deep
0: I like it. I like it. Okay. Another hotly debated topic before we um, conclude the book publishing section of this podcast Mm -hmm. to pen name or not to pen name.
1: Uh, you know, so,
0: and you rogues can weigh in on this. Yeah. You guys weigh in on this. Do you have a pen name? Did you go with your name?
1: My opinion, my, my opinion on this, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's all good. It's just, I have very strong opinions when it comes to this. Is I think that if you're going to do a pen name, right, that's great, especially if you're thinking about doing um, either A, that is your identity, right, yeah. um, and you want to keep your anonymity, or... Uh, you decide that you want to write these certain books under this pen name and you want to write these certain books Under under this,
0: under your name. Yeah.
1: I know a lot of romance novels that or romance novelists that do that where they're, they're romance, they're, they're, raunchy romance novels are under one pen name yeah and then they're, well they're, i
0: feel like a nom de plume is a requisite for romance novels uh, yeah
1: a nom de plume uh but yoshana
0: I, like I went with my name so yeah
1: yoshana. yeah yoshana and that's that's the thing for me i'm like it just makes it easier for me like i am the author and i think given the way that i am with art because a lot of people will ask that too like should i sign my painting should i hide my signature should i whatever and i and obviously if you look at my art my signature is always prominent on it Mm -hmm. and i'm like i want everyone to know that i i created this yeah i created this even even the people that are like it would look so much better if your name wasn't right there i'd be like i'm sorry but the name is part of the art so like to me that's with the book too it's like our our names being in the book that is part of the art
0: Mm -hmm. uh Beth said, "I think it depends what you're writing, and I think ultimately that's yeah. that's exactly right. It does depend on what you're writing and how you feel about it." Dina said, "Why give your imaginary friend all the credit?" <laughs> 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 um, I would publish a book under my own name, definitely. Yeah, unless it was a smutty romance novel, and then perhaps I would come up with a nom de plume. Now, I mean, it's, I romanticize it's the-, the pen name. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah. So perhaps I would publish under a pen name. I mean, I would.
1: I would definitely publish under a pen name. If I was going to talk about things that aren't, you know, I don't know, I bet I wouldn't talk about things that aren't on brand. <laughs> it's pretty much what well, you, what you see and what you, what you get from me. That's, that's, that's what you get. Yeah. So, but if there was something, maybe if there was a, a hot subject that I was like, okay, well, this is a little whatever. Um, yeah. I would definitely use, I would use a pen name. I mean, artists, use pen names, not necessarily pen names, but a non-deployed- non pl- Alie- An alias? An alias all the time. Um, one of the artists that I knew in Chicago that was very, very popular, his name, you didn't even know his name. His name was the Duke of Sicily. Oh, that's right. And he uh, signed all his artworks, the Duke of Sicily, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was awesome because when he go out to events and stuff, he had this big Duke of Sicily personality and um, Which was him anyway.
0: Getting in character, but it was him.
1: It's just his name wasn't as fancy as Duke of Sicily. And his name, he was also a working uh, dentist. So I think he didn't want those two worlds clashing.
0: It's funny how dentistry and the arts seem to uh, coexist in that way. Uh, This is a weird aside. But when I was a kid, my forever dentist that I went to from like the first appointment all the way to adulthood was a a, um, a magician. He 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 and his wife were magicians and yeah. dentists. Uh, I don't know that they had aliases for their magic act, but...
1: <laughs> I think I, I love it. Uh, Elizabeth said, my signatures are on the back of my paintings. Really, it's all in what works for you, ultimately. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There, you know, and the thing is that I say that where I say that with a certain... Uh, je ne sais quoi and that's because um, years ago it was only one person isn't it amazing how a negative comment
0: it'll stick can with you stick
1: with you like this is like in the very beginning of our career I want to say like nine years ago one person came into our booth it's the only time that anybody's ever said this and they looked at the art and they said these are really beautiful but they would be so much better if you didn't have your signature on it
0: <laughs> I remember yeah
1: and I was like, "Well, too bad, you know <laughs> like but but it's interesting, its state so obviously, Elizabeth, I have unresolved issues." But that being said, I have also signed some works on the back yeah. simply because I didn't want to distract from the piece itself. So
0: Samson said, uh, the pen name worked well for Samuel Clemens. Yes, yes it, it sure did. did. Yes, it did. <laughs> Dina said, Drew, if I was writing from my life, I would use an alias. <laughs> Rachel said, exactly. My tell-all book is going to have to have an alias. That's Lol. what it
1: would be. That's what it would be. It would be the tell-all book. <sighs> Um, made with made made your (laughs) teeth teeth disappear disappear. at my dentist
0: Uh, (laughs) dina said true life biography of someone completely made up (laughs) that would be amazing beth said we all have unresolved issues thus the (laughs) art that's
1: very true that's very true Beth.
0: um do you guys have any other questions about publishing or the world of publishing if so drop them to us but i think that was uh i think that pretty pretty much covers
1: it now I I will say what I do recommend um, and it is what I'm doing. uh, I had to wait because like uh, when I released the books on KDP, I did the, I forget what it is that they call it, but basically you could do like the free books and like the promotions and stuff like that. And it's free Mm -hmm. for people to just kind of get the book out there a little bit more um but it meant that like i had this like
0: you had an exclusive deal with exclusive KDP for 3 months for 3 yeah. months
1: right so that's why i'm waiting until september to launch it with ingram spark now with ingram spark what happens is you get a uh, worldwide distribution and you get distributed into bookstores so ingram spark would be who you would go through in order to get your book you know, on the shelf in Barnes and Noble, or
0: or even on the website, or even yeah. on the
1: website on the th- those online websites. So it is, you know, with Ingram Spark, you do have to pay
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, to publish it. Obviously, with KDP, you do not pay to publish it. Uh, it does have to go through their approval process, mm-hmm. um, but it is what I recommend. I, I do recommend that you do it, but do it with KDP first because KDP is weird when they're approving your book. They do like do this search. They scrub the internet to see if uh, there's any plagiarism going on.
0: Yeah. It can mess things up if you do Ingram spark first, yeah. uh, we learned. So yeah, KDP first do your three months thing with them if you choose to. And then three months later you can publish through Ingram spark as well.
1: But yeah, as far as, uh, uh, the original question. I do it.
0: If you have if something, it's something to say, if
1: you have something to say, if it's something that you're interested in doing, I would definitely, I would definitely put something out there, you know, and, and I would not, it, as far as an author, right? Like that's what you're doing. You're writing, you're, you're putting it out into world. You're writing, you're putting it out into world. You're writing, you're putting it out into world. You're writing, you're out into world right. Uh For me, like I do have to set that time aside um, to be able to write. And I'm not going to – a lot of authors, what they do is uh, they may release two books a year, right? And they want to release a book every six months. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that whole idea of YouTube. Like you want to release a YouTube video every three days or something silly – every two days or something silly like that, Mm -hmm. right? And what that is, is is just it's constantly something new and it attracts new people. And then you're able to promote this book and that book. Um but as artists, like, you know, we're we're creating art. So uh and creating paintings or creating sculptures and stuff like that, because books are also art. But it would be something that I would I would give myself a more long-term goal on. Like you know, if you're going to illustrate a a kid's book and you're going to write the story and stuff like that. And it's but I but I would definitely recommend thinking about that, at least giving yourself the option to be able to think about that, because it it is it is a passive stream of income that really has no limit to the potential of what. Yeah, what it can do. Start
0: the process, I think, is like, yeah, if you
1: if you're interested, if it's something where you're like, nope, not interested. Yeah, definitely don't.
0: <laughs> for sure, but like I always say, like if you have songs in you, or if you have a piece that that's in you, like create it. Yeah, create the song, create the book, create the the art. Um, don't let it don't let it die with you. As and morbid it, as that sounds,
1: but I always think about it because, like, so right now, Katie, I I think about these options because you you know uh, you guys listening to this, you know that like I've always wanted to put a book out there, the idea of like going to this publisher and that publisher and this publisher and that publisher and this publisher and doing the rejections and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the way that it's been done and that's whatever. But like, at this point I was like, I don't, I have something that I want to say to a specific group of people. Like, I don't want to go through this process. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to work for the publishing company. And so the ability to that we have now of being able to just put it out there that's that's powerful that's powerful to me and the same thing with the music you know we're distributed everywhere and we did that out of our own distribution company
0: yeah it's pretty exciting connie said nope well, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Rachel said, that's my issue. I have two books in me, but I feel like it can't take away from my preciously small painting. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Do it a little bit at a time. Like just when you have thoughts for it, write it.
1: Connie, Connie said, you make it sound wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of a great book title, how to give a ruby. A Manicure, My Lapidary Journey, loving it. Lol. Oh, I oh, love that. I, I love, love that, that too.
0: I would read that book for sure.
1: Yoshana, even if only you force your family and friends to buy and read it, it's worth it. You've done what 1% of the population
0: has, has done. done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that, Yoshana. Yeah. Because I mean, that's the thing. It's like, man, if you got a book in you, it's got to go out there. Mm-hmm it's got to go out there. The self-publishing stigma isn't a thing much anymore except in the gatekeeper. Yeah, exactly. It's the same thing with the music companies, mm-hmm. right? There's this because the it's the same thing with the art gallery with the big yeah. art galleries and the big art world. It's funny. It's like they are trying to keep the stigma alive. And really it's funny. It's interesting to me as a full-time artist. As someone who's released and distributed music, and as someone who has books out there, watching some of the stuff that these people say, and I'm like, you are out of your effing mind.
0: <laughs> it's beginning, Are you kidding me? It's beginning to look a, very embarrassing for the gatekeepers it as really more is. and more progress is made in the realms of self-publishing and self-distribution and self-promotion. Yeah. Exactly. Tina said, I have uh, an idea of turning paintings of Newfoundland into a journey through Green Bay and Newfoundland through art with a little story with each painting. I oh, think that would I be a love great that, book, Tina.
1: I love that, Tina. I love that.
0: Out in California, we had APE, Alternative Press Exhibition, in San Francisco. Loved that show. That's
1: so cool. That's
0: super cool. Well,
1: it's interesting, Samson, because like I was looking, I was looking around because one of the things that I want to do – uh, that's, that's on my bucket list is to do a book tour. Um, so I was like, well, maybe if we get started, cause obviously my brain, I'm like, this book tour will be all over the United States, you know, and then, then reality sets in. I'm like, okay, well, let's, let's start small. And when you Google map bookstores, Right. When you when you Google bookstores and you look around your area and the surrounding towns and all that stuff, there's hundreds of them.
0: Yeah. Little like like little mom and pop bookstores, yeah. which is my cup of tea. That is
1: absolutely my cup of tea. And, and I mean, and that's the thing, like you got to, you, you you know, there's big festivals, there's little street festivals, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Markets so many artists or or so many writers would set up a booth at the Pal Fox market Mm -hmm. and just sit there and talk about their book. I think when you're doing it, like you could go through these publishers that have like, you know, a marketing budget, which by the way, when it comes to music or book publishing and stuff like that, a lot of people think like, Oh, the publisher or the music and you know, they're, they're buying, they're, they're giving me money for this. And in reality, a lot of times they're you they're lending you that money and yeah i
0: don't know how many countless stories i've yeah. heard of um labels sending musicians a bill for $80,000
1: yeah. um
0: because the sales just weren't uh keeping up
1: yeah exactly Exp- exposition yeah yeah
0: okay alternative press exposition yeah thanks for that info i love that
1: i love that i i I want to do i want to do more stuff and the thing is that the series of books that i've written also fit into doing like expos for artists and Mm -hmm. stuff like that Mm -hmm. now that's something that i'd want to look at and it's something that i'd want to look at in a situation where it's like all right with price you know because right now i'm really really cheap when it comes to doing shows but as far as exposure, I know that the price of the event doesn't always add up to success of the event.
0: Yeah, that's why I'm a big fan of the mom and pop bookstores and the little expos and the little markets and the, the places where you actually have a chance to interact with people yeah. because it's not super crowded. Um it's not super expensive, so you're not risking everything to be there. But I do, um,
1: I do love what Samson is talking about here—the alternative press exhibition. I love that kind of uh, or um, exposition. Ex exposition. I'm I'm not <laughs> exposition. Yes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. You know what I, I love the I love the idea of doing something like that as well. So check it out, Rafi. Great reason for road trip. Yes, it's in October.
0: Oh, hey, October is a nice time to travel. Yes. Definitely not this year, but maybe for next year, yep. the following year. Tina yeah. said,
1: my dad's cousin wrote a book and we see his book in all the local stores, even hardware stores. Lol. I love that. That's great. I love that. All right. Well, I think I think we have um, answered the questions
0: yeah, from hopefully, everyone. Hopefully there was some good info in there for you guys. I know I, for one, enjoyed this conversation as I always do
1: uh samson said hundreds of authors and artists Ooh, i love that i love that yeah that could be a lot of fun man i'd at some point in the future um i would love to do a collaboration on a book uh for a graphic novel because you know i have i i had a screen writing i i did a script years ago um and it's a very very epic story uh that just, I never even sent it to Hollywood. I was supposed to meet with somebody and I I chickened out. This was years ago when, when I would do that kind of thing where I would chicken out of something. And, but it's a, it's a great story and I would love to see that turn into a graphic novel.
0: I think it would make a really cool graphic novel. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's something, that's something that I probably want to collaborate because that's a huge, huge endeavor. That said, uh,
0: come to Atlanta. I know an awesome spot in little fives. And so this brings me also to the the final thing I'll say before we, um, wrap it up for, uh, people at large who want to write and publish, uh, this exact thing, right? Network with other people that are doing what you aspire to do. Um, because yep. that's how you're going to find out the great information about wh- whether it's through, you know, like you find a podcast or you join a community that shares information or. I mean, you guys know
1: that that's how it works when you're doing by Clover Clovers leaving. Um, and yeah, because we're over. So our podcast is over. But I will say this exactly what you're saying. Networking meeting people the best way to find out where the art the good art shows are are to go to art shows and talk to the artists
0: sharing info sharing the
1: information the best way is you know with bookstore you know with bookstores like hey we've got this great bookstore here and really it starts with making that announcement saying like this is what we want to do so i mean right now i'm thinking we're definitely going to go to atlanta and we are definitely going out to see samson
0: all right well we have yeah, yeah seeds planted for our future yes. book tours <laughs> yes and start off small you guys with things like we're going to do a little regional book tour yeah. and then we're going to kind of expand out from there you don't want to do, do you don't want to like have to refinance your mortgage to like fund your book tour do
1: as rafi does <laughs> after after he thinks about it yeah not not the initial my initial thing was like i'm going to do the entire country yeah
0: Yay, Rafi, meet up at Foxtail Books. That would be
1: amazing. That would
0: be amazing.
1: So, okay, well, um, hopefully that answered your questions, guys, um, about
0: rebranding and re-branding,
1: publishing, publishing books and stuff like that. I think it's hilarious because like this is a, you know, this is a creative podcast. And there are so many similarities between this whole thing, you know, with KDP and Ingram Spark being able to put your writings out there. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Um, To be able to do little book fairs. Uh, As far as like the internet is concerned and like different formats, social media, all that stuff to be able to promote your art and put yourself out there in that way. And I think it all, really, it all ties in together as a powerful creative and just coming up with out of the box ways to show what you do. And using using the tools that are available that make that easy for you, and I, I do think KDP and Ingram Spark are tools that make that easy
0: for you. Absolutely,
1: yeah, yeah. Kirkman said, fantastic podcast. Thank you. Thank you for addressing my questions too. Absolutely.
0: Most definitely.
1: Tina said, all these topics melted together well, almost like we planned it.
0: (laughs) That's the magic (laughs) of the Rogue community.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, The Rogue family, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for being here. And for everybody out there listening to this, Thank you guys for hanging out with us and having this random conversation about uh, publishing and books and art and changing your branding and all that jazz. Always, always a pleasure to read new comments that we get from new listeners Mm -hmm. and some of our old listeners as well. So thank you. So if you are new to us and you like this, go ahead and click subscribe wherever, whatever platform you're on and that you're listening to. And uh, yeah, that way you can listen to us again. And other than that, we are off. So, Clee, would you like to say goodbye?
0: Indeed. Good day, everybody.
1: All right. Adios.